Hey everyone, thank you for joining us today and Trog should be joining us in just a few minutes. So I get asked this question um, all the time. Um, after, in case you don't know, and this is the question I get asked, a lot of times people will not be able to make it at, you know, one o'clock on a random Wednesday, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. People aren't always able to make it um, to watch us live with all these with all these sessions. And it's funny because the other day I went back and I saw how many Ask Me Anything sessions we did. And if I counted properly, we've done 23 of these. So the question I get asked is, you know, I wasn't able to attend, how can I watch this? And, you know, all these are recorded. So we get like a very, very small percentage of the people that watch these sessions like live as they're going on. But most, most of the people will tend to watch them probably, you know, 90% or more will watch them after at other times, other weeks, other days, you know, whenever they have time, which it, I guess that's how people watch TV nowadays, you know, on demand. So what I did the other day is I went back, I looked through every video and I tagged everyone, ask me anything. So if you ever wanna watch this video or multiple other of these sessions in the past, what you can do is if you go on a desktop, when under the video, just find one of these Ask Me Anything videos and find an episode. And then once you see the post, it'll be tagged Ask Me Anything. And I have to do that after this one is, after we're done with the session, I'll tag it Ask Me Anything. And it's called a topic. And if you click on that topic, it's sort of like a hashtag. It'll show you every single episode that we ever did. So hopefully that'll help you guys watch that. And if you really, really can't think of anything else to watch one night, and it's a Friday night or Saturday night or whatever, and you want to watch, you want to learn about real estate, or you're so inspired, you know, for the new year, and you want to get, build your business a little bit more, just watch these episodes because it's not me who's the one that gives all the great content, it's Chirag. He has, he has some amazing content. And so today, like I mentioned in the past, I always think of the topics. I try my best to never tell Shirag about the topic that we're gonna discuss because it makes him answer that way. Because I guess in reality, when we're with a customer, we, whether it's on the phone, text, or in person, they're not gonna prep us with what they're gonna ask us. We have to answer on the spot. So I think it brings more value by, you know, by just asking him these questions before he knows about them. So let me text him to make sure that he will be on because I didn't mention ask me anything today to him. So I'm sure he knows, but just in case. Um, when we do these shows, we have a coaching session right before this. So we have like 10 to 15 minutes to eat our lunch right before coming on. Hey, Chirag. I was, I was checking out my hair. Okay. You have more than me. So that's why it took me less time. <laughs> you're so like, like, like my favorite co-host. We're like, a, <laughs> like legit. Thank you. Thank you. We're called the Brown Brothers, I guess, or whatever <laughs> we want to call. But I was starting to um, introduce the topic today. And Ooh. prior to you coming on, 
I told everyone um, if they want to watch the other episodes, how we have we have like the tags on them so they can watch all 23 shows if if they want to. And um, I'll tag this one after we're done. So I was about to talk about the topic. I was telling them. So one of the reasons, Chirag, why I don't tell you the topics, besides it being more fun, is that um, I was telling the audience just now that when we go on, a, on an appointment, when we're at the house or we're on the phone or we're getting text, no one is telling us the topics, what we're going to prepare for. So this makes it more realistic, right? It does. You know what? And what's in, well, I can't, I can't take away from the fun of not knowing what's going on, but you know, for some context is when you get in a situation, right? Like today's Veterans Day. So thank you for all of our veterans. If you're watching this in a veteran, you know, please reach out to me. I'd love to spend some time with you and do a complimentary session with you. But look, that's why when they go to combat, they train for the situations, right? They do mock situations. They do simulations. They do mental training, physical training. It, it all goes together. So when they're put in that moment where they don't know what's going to happen, they have the necessary skills that they've practiced to be able to execute. Yeah, totally. And yeah, and um, to piggyback on, on you with the veterans, you know, I'm, I've lived in Miami since I was um, four years old. So the US is my home. Even though I'm proud whenever I see an Indian do something, I, I wouldn't want to live here um, any, any other, you know, this is the best place in the world for me. And with that said, we, we thank veterans all the time. And it's so great, you know, just on Veterans Day. But I am grateful for the veterans, but also just as grateful for their families, the families that have to deal with them being away, not knowing, worrying, and all that. So thanks for bringing that up. Can I share something here, though, while we're talking about this? Sure. So one of, one of the things that we want to do as a company is pick a non-for-profit, right? And I've always loved veterans. So I'll share a quick story with everyone. I went apple picking. And if you know me, this is very, very representative of who I am. And they had like this, we've gone to the same place, Outhouse Orchards, right? And they had like this setup and there was like a veteran, they had a tank, they had all these old machine guns. It was crazy, right? And I'm sitting there with my son and we're like, we're looking at all this stuff. I was talking to these guys for a while. And you know, that point where your wives are there with the other kids and like, they're like really, really upset. And like, if I did not go there, my whole day would have been wrong. So I told the guy, I said, I'll come back and I'll make a donation when I get back. And the guy just gave me this look like I've heard this before. And I went back and I ended up having another conversation. I donated a bunch of money. He offered me these sweatshirts because he felt my donation was generous. I said, if it's fine with you, there's one, two, three, four, five, six people. I'll buy them each a sweatshirt. I don't care how much it costs, right? And we got into this conversation and we actually exchanged numbers. And what I learned about him is that he set up this non-for-profit where all the money goes directly to the veterans, right? He's bought them like different equipment and stuff. And one of the guys I met was one of the first 30 Americans in Auschwitz after the Germans left, right? An amazing veteran. And he said to me, he goes, he goes, you know, I normally don't give my number, but he goes, there's just a twinkle in your eyes, Shrag, that you just genuinely tell that you want to help somebody. So I said, well, I believe everything happens for a reason. So I said, Mike, what's your dream for what you want to do? He's like, well, what do you mean? And he was like, what's your dream? He goes, I would love to build a farm in upstate New York for all of the veterans that have PTSD and need to assimilate back into a family home where they could work on a farm 
and that they could assimilate back into a life with other people and get into breakfast, lunch, dinner routine. I said, you know what? I said, I work with a lot of people. Our, the company we work with has Compass Cares, right? So you'll see us talking about this here. And then for all of our coaching clients, that's our goal for 2021 is to collaborate with this non-for-profit for veterans and help them raise enough money to buy a farm and create this community for the people. Might take a year, might take two years, right? But hey, we're surrounded with 20,000 of the best real estate agents in the world. Robert has been great enough to set up Compass Care. So we encourage you to reach out to us if that's something you want to get behind. And I can connect you with the organization and we could start really doing something meaningful. So sorry to go into a tangent. No, that, that's amazing. That's, you know, it's, it's so smart too, to, to get back into society in a different way by just easing back into it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's nice. So today's topic is gonna be this. Um, I was thinking that now, now with most parts of the country, I know New York is a little bit different because um, it was a little bit tougher with COVID there compared to a lot of pretty much most of the US where we're in markets where it is so hot, you know, where sellers can put their house on the market and sell it in two days and get multiple offers. You know, it's a very hot market for single family homes, especially. So today I wanted to give two scenarios. So one scenario, and we'll go over the, the scenario first and then I'll get into that other one later. You're at a listing appointment. I'm at a listing appointment with you. Um, you're, you're the agent, I'm the seller. And you're there and I tell you, you know what? I mean, I've seen your work, Chirag. I know you guys do a great job but the market is so hot so i guess we'll role play it um the market is so hot and my neighbor he put his home on the market by himself he was going to hire an agent but he just put a for sale sign and within a day he got five offers and he sold it for way more than he thought he would so why should i hire you you know i mean that's really interesting what specifically is your goal and experience you'd like to create for yourself in making this move you know, we, we saw some homes that we like. We want to, you know, we're in um, Miami. We wanted to get, we're in a single family home. We wanted to get a condo on the water. We know that condos are a little bit slower and selling a home, a single family home, we're getting more money. So we just wanted to relax a bit, not have to worry about maintenance and stuff. So what you're saying is you're looking to make a maximize opportunity on one side of the equity you have. And maximize the investment you could have in a great condo market that you can make a great investment, correct? Yeah, exactly. Great. And do you need to take the equity out of your home to buy the condo? Um, not, not really. I mean, if we can't get what we want, we can rent this house. You know, it's, it's not, it's not going to make or break it. Got it. So look, there are two types of people in the world, right? And, and, Whatever you choose to do, just know I support you 100%. Some people do want to sell their home on their own and go through that whole process. And there are other people that don't, right? And the goal of this conversation is really to kind of share both experiences and figure out which type of person you are. Okay, that sounds fair. You see, you notice what we did right there, right? We made it okay for them to not want to hire us, which will make them not be combative in the conversation, right? Because if I started with, well, you know, why you should just hire an agent, never do it on your own, that whole scarcity, scare tactic, everything else. This is where the world of problem proliferation comes, a problem of all problems, right? So there's- You know, when you say that, sorry to interrupt you, when you say that, 
if you if you come negative at me, I'm not going to listen to a word you say after that. Whereas now, because you made it okay, I'm going to listen to everything you say. It's huge. So I, I would say, you know, I mean, before we start going into this, if you're consider selling this and your neighbor had that experience, what specifically made you call me over this evening? You know, honestly, I spoke to my neighbor last night and we already had a meeting for today. And I just found that out um, last night. And that's why it's on the top of my mind. I didn't want to cancel my appointment with you. Well, one, I, I appreciate your integrity in following through on your commitment. But the question is, if say this was three days from now, or we didn't have an appointment, what would you be doing right now? You know, I, I guess I'd be figuring it out whether I should do it on my own or whether I should hire an agent. I'm just not sure. So let's let's go through this, right? So would it be okay if I shared with you all the different things that actually go into managing both of these transactions, right? Because you know what? Regardless whether you sell the house, you still want to buy the house. So I know I could help you 50% of the way. Let's see if I could help you 100. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we definitely want to buy something. So we're, we're okay working with you on that end. All right, good. So 50% of it, I have it covered. Full white glove concierge service, right? But on the other end, so what is your process going to be for you in doing this? I know both you and your wife work. You shared that with me. Originally, when we had spoke, you know, time was always a big issue. So are you planned? Have you planned to be able to invest the time that it takes to be able to sell a home on your own? You know, we didn't want to do that. But then when the neighbor said it took a day, we thought maybe we don't have to invest too much time in it. Yeah. So that's the question, right? And, and what preparation do you want to do? What marketing do you want to do? How are you, do you want to coordinate inspections, attorneys, escrow, multiple moves, dealing with people, negotiating? Like, if, are these things all things that you want to be prepared to do? We've never done them before. And, um, you know, we're not, we, we don't really want to do them, to be honest with you. And does your, has your neighbor done this before? He's bought a lot of homes in the past and sold them. So he has way more experience than us. And when you, you've been looking at homes online, right? And have you seen homes that have great marketing? Yeah, yeah, a ton of them. There are like quite a few homes that we love. We fell in love with them from the marketing, the pictures. I guess it was a combination of everything. And are there some homes you've seen that have bad marketing? Probably more of those. And do you think a buyer coming in with that excitement that sees great marketing would be possibly willing to pay more for a house based on the perception they have and the reality that someone created and the one that they want to have? Yeah, I mean, just from our point of view, looking at stuff, some of them, I feel like we'd be a little bit more flexible on what we give. Yeah. And if there are multiple parties interested, right? If there are five parties interested in his home and he didn't market it, we shared with some of the marketing prior that we're going to do. So if you think they got five offers, how many offers do you think if your home was marketed and set up like it was your wedding and everyone picked every specific vendor, not just any vendor, but the best vendor, because it was only going to happen one time. Yeah, maybe there would be more offers. Yeah. So look, I said to you in the beginning, it's 100% okay either way that we go. And this is really what you and your wife need to think about, right? Like, it's great. You got five offers. You did it in a day. But the question is, the market is really hot. So if you follow all these other steps that we can, the contacts, our coming soon program, being a private exclusive, right? 
and being one of those only homes on the market like that that someone could have access to, you potentially could even end up with more money. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. Can I share a great quote with you that I always think about? Sure. People are always spending time to save money when you should be spending money to save time because you can't buy more time. It's a good quote. Did you, you didn't make that up, did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I guess now we don't quote the people, we, we quote the source, quote which Graham. sounds true. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows where all these quotes come from, but there's a lot of good information on it. Yeah, I've noticed a lot of quotes from Drake. So, yeah. Okay, so let me do another scenario. Do you have any scenarios that you want to role play? Yeah, I got a great one. Okay. So here's, so here's another one for, I'll give you the opposite end of the market, right? So a lot of clients come to me and they say, you know what? This, there are people that now have overpriced their house because of COVID, right? Have you heard about that? Totally. It, and I call it where I am, the New York City gold rush. Every person in a suburb within an hour of New York City thinks that some guy from the city is going to come and overpay. They don't understand how savvy some of these finance people are. And it, so It's funny. Sorry to interrupt you. It's funny. In Miami, people think like a European or a South American, they're just going to see your house online and they'll pay a million extra. So totally relates. I hijacked the conversation just now. No, that's, that's <laughs> I wrote something down for this call. So I was actually looking at it. So okay. if you think about this, we're in an area, right? You have your home on the market and there are two other homes, whether it's an area or building. You hear this all the time with agents and there are three homes right around the same price. They're all overpriced. None of them are selling. And, and all the agents are like, I I'm trying to get my client to make a price reduction but the other homes aren't reducing their price. So they don't see why they have to, they know the market is COVID like that's the scenario. You know, it's funny and I'm going to interrupt you again, because that's what I keep <laughs> doing today. So when I, when I worked at Coldwell Banker years ago, we used to call those homes when they'd ask about a home, we would say, Oh, do you want to, do you, would you like me to look at one of those homes that aren't selling right now? You know, it would be instead of the ones that are active or on the market, these are the homes that aren't selling. So it made them think like, oh, I don't want a home that's not selling. Sorry. No. So be the seller in this, right? There are three homes, right? And I'm going to say, you know, Amit, we came here to, you know, you had been concerned, right, that your home isn't selling. And look, let's, let's just look at what's going on in your neighborhood. Okay. Um, just want to give you a refresher. Remember what you can control, right? You can control the price, the condition, the terms, and the availability. I control the marketing, the advertising, locating qualified buyers, the story we tell. Remember what no one controls, right? We don't control the choices your neighbors make. We don't control the market. We don't control the economy. We don't control any of these outside factors or location, right? So I just want to have this conversation. I always like saying this, and I know you hear it from me every week when we have our call, but I always just want to be mindful of this because what no one controls really drives the value of the market. Okay. So, you know, we have not had the traction that you had planned for. You know, we had spoken originally that based on your love for our marketing and our belief and it's the best that you could have for your home, we listed it higher, but now we're not getting the traction have you considered repositioning your home? What does that mean, repositioning it? Well, let me share this with you. 
your wife had sent me a message and actually took three screenshots, showed me your home and two other homes and said, there are three homes on this market shrag in this neighborhood. Why should we change our price? Right. I, I, she told me. So when we say position your home, it's, it's a position that you take in the market, right? So is your position you've taken now getting you the results you want? No, I mean, you know, we're talking instead of closing. Yeah, so look, if you're looking at this in the eyes of a buyer, right? There are three, there are three situations that are gonna happen. If it's okay, I'd like to share them with you and then we can think about which one do you wanna be. Okay. So based on there being multiple homes on the market in your thing, there's one person that's gonna set the market. There's one person that's gonna be follow the market and another person is gonna be left of the market. The first person is going to be the one that breaks this kind of stance of we're all around within $20,000 of each other and makes the first price improvement to really bring in buyers. And once that home sells and goes under contract, that's gonna set the new market. Then there's two other homes left. The next person can follow the market, right? Says, all right, this is what Amit did for his home. Now let me follow the market. And that person's probably gonna make a little more aggressive of a, a drop, would you think? Yeah. And then whoever the third home is, that person's gonna be left with the market. And generally we see in doing this will be a variety of a, there'll be a scale of values. So I wanna leave you and your wife with that thought. You know, I know you guys said that you absolutely had to make a move, but I don't wanna ask you to make one decision or another. I just want to let you know what will happen. And this is goes into the category of no one can control. No one can control this, but they're looking at the same scenario you are. So the question is, is who's, do you want to be the person that sets the market, the person that follows the market or the person that's left with the market? Yeah. I mean, we want to set it. There it is. You like that one, right? Set yeah. all left. Yeah, while you were talking, like so many times when we're talking and you're giving me all this good information, I'm thinking, I need to remember this. I need to think about this. And yeah, you know, as much of an ego I have, like knowing that I, thinking I know a lot, I always learn. So it's, it's nice. We all learn. I learn from you all the time. So it, it's great. We need Rachel on the calls to take those great notes. <laughs> yeah, totally. So... You know, look, set, follow, left. I think this will be one of the most impactful things for agents as the year comes down to a close. And a lot of these suburban markets, right? There are tons of overpriced listing, tons and tons and tons. Set, follow, left. As the new year comes, Mr. Seller, do you want to set the market? Do you want to follow the market? Or do you want to be left with the market? Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to be left with the market, you know? And the question I ask people is like, look, you don't have to make a decision today, but what I want you to ask is if it's three months from now, because of indecision, if you are left with the market, it would potentially cost you 30, 40, 50, hundred thousand dollars. How'd you feel? Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Exactly. So we have a few more minutes. Um, can you, I want to give you a scenario. Okay. And I guess because the market eventually will slow down and also in that scenario that you gave, they're going to be some people that actually are left with the market and their property expires. So it would be like an expired call or in person. 
where, because this is what a lot of agents, they, they're always taught that the low hanging fruit are the people that tried to sell that didn't sell. So they, a bunch of these people call these expireds. So in this situation, what, how would you recommend doing that, going after someone who had a home that didn't sell? What would be your plan of action? To, to do that. Say in your block, your neighborhood, you see a home that you like, that it's just a neighbor's home. You never listed it. Someone else listed it. It didn't sell, came off the market. What would you do next? You know, what's really interesting. I love cold calling. <laughs> I was an agent. I could sit there and dial with the best of them. And, you know, look, first of all, like what people, you have to realize the mindset of these people. There's no agent that tells a client that if they're unsuccessful selling their home because they bought the listing, that they're going to get phone calls all day, all night, all morning, all afternoon, and by the way, on their cell phone and their email, right? Because they're programs like Vulcan 7, Mojo Data, Mojo Dialer, that literally get people's cell phone numbers and email addresses now. So that's number one. So before going after expired listings, you have to realize that the people are freaking angry and pissed off, right? That's yeah, cool. totally. Number two, it is a game of discipline, consistency, and patience. You need the discipline to call every day, the consistency of doing it every day, and the patience to follow up enough to do it, right? So expired listings, the word I would use to describe it is a grind, right? It is a true grind. And look, part of it is, is all of us have so many buyers right now, right? Because there's an influx of buyers versus sellers. So if I were calling you, I'd role play. You could be an angry seller, right? Okay. Ring, ring. Hello. Hi, I was calling about your house on 123 Main Street. Yeah. Are you a realtor? Yes. Are you a homeowner? Yeah. You got, why you guys keep calling me so much? You know, honestly, I don't know why all these other people are calling. I guess the last agent didn't tell you if they're unsuccessful, you get all these calls. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we we had our house on the market and our agent, you know, hardly ever called us for showings. And now it's like, you know, we're getting tons of calls. They've called my family. They've called my work. It, it just, I, if they worked that hard to sell the house, we would have been sold already. That sounds like a terrible experience. Yeah, you know, from 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Could you believe that? 6 a.m. They called me. And now you're calling me. Well, look, I guess you can't blame somebody if you're being proactive. Well, you're still on the phone, so I'll have to ask you just a simple question. You're still looking to make a move in 2020? We are. We are. We'd like we'd like to make a move before the end of the year. So look. I don't want to ask you a million different questions. Just simply knowing what you now know today, right? After the experience you have, what's most important to you in an agent and company that represents you in the sale of this home? I mean, we wanted to get the home sold for the most money, less stress, and get it done sooner than later. We didn't want to have the home on the market for six months. So would it be helpful if an agent and company were able to provide you the exact plan they'd use to have that done? Yeah. How do you feel about communication, Ahmed? Um, we didn't get any calls until today. So, I mean, communication is important as long as they're calls that we want. Well, I know being married for all the years that I have, if I don't communicate, I'm going to live on the street. So I can imagine you feel the same way of hiring somebody, right? So 
Having yeah. it here is, is working with an agent that has a structured written communication plan would be very helpful for you. Yeah, it would help. And we, we just need someone that can get the home sold. You know, everyone, you guys are salespeople. You guys know what to say to make us get hope and, you know, think our home's going to sell. But it didn't happen. Well, look, Amit, I could, I could share this with you. We can come by and have a simple conversation. I will share with you the exact plan I'll use to get your home sold for the best price. We'll go through our written communication plan. That is our accountability to do what we say we're going to do. It's something we actually sign and take very seriously. And the third thing is, and I share this with everyone, is this really the time for you to make a move? Most salespeople tell you how everything's great. But look, what I found is that there's a price that will cause your home to sell and a price that will cause it to sit on the market right? We already know what's going to cause to sit on the market. You've gone through that for six months. And for God's sakes, it's a pandemic. You don't need anyone in your house if they don't really want to buy. So look, I'm going to give you the plan, the communication, and a price that will cause it to sell. And if it's something you don't want to do at that point, I'm going to recommend that you don't sell your home and maybe you rent it. Can you just email me that? Yeah, absolutely. However, there's certain things that email, I will email it to you, but do you think based on your last experience, it would have been helpful to ask your agent more questions about what they were going to do? Yeah. There's, there's the digging. And, and if you were able to ask those questions, do you think it would have been saved you time, saved you money and not all these carrying costs and created a better outcome? Yeah. So my question is to you is, as you find this interesting and you'd share that no one had shared this information before, why would you not want to have in this setting that you had the opportunity to ask questions? Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. So I'll look over the paperwork and if it sounds like something that entices me to have a meeting with you, yeah, I, I would do that. Great. And now it all depends on how much you want to push, right? So I would even say, so based on what I'm saying is you, so, so I understand this correctly. You didn't have a written marketing plan on it, right? Right. You did not have any kind of communication plan, let alone communication. Correct. So having these two things already would be a hundred times better of an experience than you had before. Yeah, you're right. So look, do you prefer morning, afternoon, or evening? It'll take 20 or 30 minutes. Mm. You're pushy, huh? No, I'm not pushy. I'm just asking a simple question. Is it morning, afternoons, or evenings? I think you owe it to yourself and your wife to actually sit down and do this. And I'm going to provide you the right information so you can make the right decision for you and your family. You don't have to hire me. At the very end, I tell people all the time, you could use me for my information, use me for the market knowledge, but at the end, you're going to know the truth about your home and where it stands in the market. Isn't that something you'd like? Yeah. And look, in the end, if you do like me, I can call all those other agents and tell them to stop calling you. <laughs> I wish I had the list. There's so many of them. Yeah. So what the standard? Out? Yeah. <laughs> you go. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. And, okay. Yeah. Quiet. So I'm mean, again, like I, I, I prefer, you know, I'm an afternoon or evening guy. Are you a morning guy? Or afternoon? No, no, no. Afternoon or evening. All right, great. Let's do 6 p.m. tomorrow. I'll send you the information in advance. Please make sure to write down any of your questions. And I'm excited to give you the opportunity to just go through this and have a better experience. Sounds good. Great.
But that's realistically, they're just grumpy, right? You just keep going at these people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, I tell my sellers like to get, to get extensions sometimes with listings, I tell them like you, you know, I'm like, at the end of the day, I want you to sell your home and whether you do it with me or, or someone else is fine. I just want you to get to San Diego because, you know, your family, your kids, you have everyone there and you've been thinking about it so long. Just want to, I, I just want to tell you something that other agents don't tell their clients. Is it okay? And they'll be like, yeah, I'd say, well, I'm going to share with you what happens the, the first day your house is off the market. <laughs> your phone is going to ring at 6 a.m. You're going to think, wow, this is an important call. And then you're gonna, it's going to be an agent asking you why your home didn't sell. Then you're going to get upset. Then you're going to be like, I can't believe this person called me at 6 a.m. And then you're going to get at least 15 or 20 calls within the hour. And then your friends and family are going to get the same call. And it's going to get so bad where you're going to turn off your phone. So um, I just want to let you know that's going to happen. And they get scared. They get, they worry. And then <laughs> once they get scared, I ask them, you know, so since we're being honest with each other, be honest with me, tell me what we can do to get your home sold. What do you think? Where do you think we're failing besides the price? If I had a mic, I would just drop it right there. I have <laughs> to, I want to go back into sales just to tell that to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it's powerful, man. It is powerful. So guys, thank you for tuning in. If you guys have questions for the 14 people where our, our view count is going up. So look, from the bottom of both of our hearts, like thank you guys for investing your time with us today. There's anywhere in the world you could have been and you chose to spend some time with us. And for the people watching after, thank you as well. And if you have an affinity for veterans and you'd like to support a great veteran charity, please send either one of us a message. So happy Wednesday and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks guys. Take care.